Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 16, titled Grand Finale. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one exhausted co-host from the podcast. I'm saying. <laughs> from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say. I'm Italian, and I like ass play. <laughs> to Taylor, the Lante Boy. Taylor, how could you say something so dirty? On the finale of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race recap. Well, at this I've just decided to let my hair down and just just truly be me. Yeah, truly be the me that I've been hiding for the last fifteen episodes. Exactly. Well, that's what I, I would expect. Nothing less. By the way, oh, you know, Taylor, people don't know this. This is true. This is not mm-hmm. a plug. I have, to some degree, adult ADHD. So often when, really? I'm, when I'm on the sh- when I'm on the show, you just, that's what you just heard. I have this thinking putty that I stretch between my hands and play with as I'm talking and listening, and it helps me concentrate. Believe it or not, really? Uh huh. And I play with it. I fit. You'll it, people probably can play with a pen, but because it, it's not it's not on camera. Mm-hmm. But I'm playing with it, and, and it helps me listen and whatnot. And well, I'm glad that that's what you've been playing with for the last 16 episodes because I've been worried and thought we were going to have to have an intervention. Well, yeah, I, I'm also doing that too, Taylor. <laughs> what I'm thinking about your sexy voice. Actually, that putty is in fact your foreskin. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Which I'm impressed how how big you stretched mm-hmm. it up to where I could see oh, it yeah. on the screen. Mm-hmm. And that it's purple ink glittery. Once again, my second time referencing Mandy Patinkin and Yentl. You know, everyone. <laughs> hi, everyone. <laughs> I, d- I did a Joe Patance today. I did a Joe Patance with a coworker where I told one of those like, whoa, jokes. And I said, you all can see me at the ha ha hut on St. Pete Beach this weekend from two, eight to, you know, so yeah. which made everybody laugh. So yeah. I, 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 I need to give you credit on the show. I didn't at work because yeah. I need all the help I can get. Well, also they don't know who I, I am. They're like, who's Joe Patance? Oh, everybody knows who Joe Patance is. Oh, really? The maven of afterthought media. Of course, you know, it's, knows. it's funny that you say that a friend of mine. She had, which I didn't even know she had a podcast. <laughs> she wrote to me on Facebook. Now, Lori's, Lori's very proud of the bloody. Power. Yeah, I know. I have a very good point. No, she has, it's a friend of mine. She has a podcast and I didn't know, but she wrote to me on Facebook and she said on her podcast, she went on a epic, an epic rant about Elijah Schlesinger, the comedian. Oh. And that somebody wrote to her and said, Oh, one of my favorite podcasters hates her too. His name's Joe <laughs> Batanz. And she goes, I know him. And she goes, what a small world. And yeah. I go, I'm a famous podcaster. I don't, I don't know who you are. So, um, but Eliza Schlesinger, by the way, for the record, I'm not going to go into a rant here. It's a horrible human being. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, she and I did agree on that. Um, so you and Eliza agreed that Eliza's a horrible person. If only. Um, well, she's a horrible. What a <laughs> wretched human being this Eliza Schlesinger is. Wretched. Who is the- worse? Who is worse? Who is worse? Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger? Sure. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah, it's actually, one of my, I love that you're doing that, actually, because one of the worst interactions I ever had with her was the, it was like the first interaction I ever had with her. Um, I didn't say her name right. Maybe I said like you, and she had a fucking conniption fit. Well, change your fucking a, name to Anne Murray or something like that. All right, right? Go ahead. Anne Murray. Yeah. Okay, so who is worse? Mm-hmm. Eliza? Sure. Or Todrick? It's still Todrick because, as far as I know, Eliza hasn't like allegedly ripped people off or you know not paid people okay. and stuff like that. 
Okay. But it's still Todrick. But she is still a horrible okay. human being. So how about Eliza or Dustin Lance Black? Who's a worse person? Oh man, he's really thinking about this one. Yeah. Um They're very similar. Except I've never had a bad running with Dustin, so I'm gonna say Liza's worse. Okay, Eliza or Soju. Well, no, it's gonna be Eliza's worse because the only thing with Soju was she had a fucking pissy ass <laughs> face on her. Everyone should know I was at this drag con. This is when she was doing this shot with Soju. We were all all the press was in this big giant room, right? I hope I hope people are using Nami's uh, bingo card today. Um, yeah. and in this big giant room, and everybody was actually rather friendly with each other. Oh, hi, how are you? This this Soju, she sat in the corner of the room with the biggest sour, like so unapproachable sour alone in the face, VIP, a, alone, literally alone in the VIP. Like she wasn't even. I mean, her, her show was kind of popular, but there were people who were like on network television there and stuff like that. She was acting like, like, oh my god, and then you would think, oh, maybe that's just. I don't know. What a horrible human being. This nightmare and stuff like that. Anyway. Uh, anyway, the point is, Taylor, uh, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's the last one. I know. Are you? Are the you? Last... I know what you're going to say right now, but are you in any way sad? Um, I'm, I, I, there's part of me that I, there's part of me that very much enjoys this. There is part of me that I am glad to get my weekends back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this, and, and particularly for a series, a season that we've talked about that hasn't been, it, it, it's, you know, it'd be one thing if this, if this was 16 weeks of like season six, mm-hmm. uh, uh, no problem. But this yeah. has been one that's kind of been, it's of course season six. It was sort of telegraphed ahead of time who was going to win, but mm-hmm. there wasn't necessarily a lot of, big surprises this season. Mm-hmm. So I, it just sort of was like, I don't know, but um, I, I am, I am looking forward to having, I get to visit my family in two weeks. And part of the reason I've put that off is because of the show and my commitment mm-hmm. to you. So I'm looking forward to being able to do some well, other we things. We could always get a sit in a, a, co- a sub if you're, if you're, well, yeah, but I mean, i i I made a commitment. So I was mm-hmm. trying my best to commit all the way through. All right. Well, now it's over, Taylor. Now it's over. I'm going to tell you something. Someone had said in the chat. I'm going to address this right now. Someone's in the chat room. I want. I don't want people to be sad or anything like that. They go. I look forward to Joe's parodies every year. In the <laughs> finale, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. There is no song parody this year. I was wondering if there was going to be. I was going to do, I will tell you what the idea I had, because I will never use this idea again, I don't think. And I, and I couldn't find a good, uh, karaoke version of this, of Billy Joel's for the longest time, but about (laughs) how long the season has been, right? The problem with all the karaoke versions is they, they sing, you know, cause it's, it's a, it's a, an, there's a, there's instruments, but like an, yeah, like a doo-wop or a doo-wop group. Yeah. yeah. And so they're repeating a lot of the words <laughs> in the karaoke. So it's like, and also it's fucking the, the, the it's a high ass key too. You yeah. Know? And so I was like, ugh, I want to fucking punch myself in the balls if I want to. 
<laughs> do this song, so I didn't do it. So there is no song parody this year. Mm. Oh, does that make you sad? That does make me. That actually does make me a little sad. I do yeah. look forward to the parodies. Yeah. Well, no song parody. But what? that's not to say that you can't release something later. True. True. Very good point. Anyway, uh, Taylor, this week, RuPaul performs an extended dance number. The girls get interviewed one by one. There's a tribute to both the AIDS epidemic and former contestant Chi-Chi Devane. Later, La La Ree walks away with the title of Miss Congeniality. Finally, the girls perform in a lip-sync battle for The Crown. Candy abuses Rosé and Simone Best Gottmik to face off with each other in a final lip-sync. In the end, Candy finally loses, and Simone is crowned the winner. Of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13, Taylor Vellante, Boy and Dame, two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not, Taylor, for the last time. For the last time for our Season 13 gals. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought this finale was infinitely better than Season 12's. I thought that it was, I, it felt more like the finales that we're used to, um, Mm -hmm. with some, obvious differences uh, mm-hmm. that they have to take into consideration. Um, so I enjoyed that. I kind of enjoyed the return to a, sem- a semi-normal life mm-hmm. as far as the finale goes. Um, the looks in the beginning, the fact that they had all three come out in three different – or all four come out in three different looks. Some of the strongest looks in a finale I have ever seen. Wow. They were awesome. And Candy was there too. Um, and the thing that I did not like was I think that it, I wish that all of the queens had been there. If they could have brought everybody in. I mean, I understand that there can't be anybody, you know, they can't have a studio audience, but there's no reason that they can't have the other queens come out to get their runway walk. Mm-hmm. And I would really hope that, um, if season 14, God willing, we are back to a normal finale. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get to be there with you to actually go and sit in, in the theater. And I would hope that they would allow seasons 12, 13, and 14 to all get that walk and get the standing ovation that they all deserve. Um, the only thing I would say that, that the reason that white not might not happen, I think it's a good idea and I'm sure they've thought about it is, World of Wonder is so fucking cheap. And the, I know that. And the queens and that do show up have to pay their own way to get there. Well, and I figured they probably would make them all quarantine for two weeks, which means that's that that's bringing everybody in and then quarantining them for another two weeks in a hotel rooms. Oh, you think it's going to happen you know? in a year? Still people are going to be quarantining and stuff? No, I'm, ta- I'm talking this year. Oh, like why, oh, oh. why they didn't bring anybody else. Um, <clears throat> why they didn't bring anybody in. But... Uh, uh, just because it, it 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 that ending where they showed them all with varying levels of sound quality and varying levels of video and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff it just kind of put, left that weird taste in your mouth from season 12 of the horrible pre-tapes where they said okay we need we need a video of you looking excited we need a video of you cheering we need a video of you you know making some sort of fierce statement it it just felt very canned Mm-hmm. Compared to the fact that they had all four of the f- finalists mm-hmm. all in the room together. Yeah. So what about you? Um, well, I actually thought now maybe that's because of the first year I didn't sit through the whole fucking thing live that this one moved really well. I will say that I was actually surprised yeah. by how well it moved, even though they had a lot of the same old tropes and wasted a lot of time. It didn't feel like they wasted too much time on anything. Even the interviews seemed short. 
Um, it felt like they used time very effectively on this episode. Uh, and so it, it, it moved really well. Uh, the other thing that I liked was the tribute to Chichi Devane. I will admit that I teared up a little bit. Yeah, that was very, very well done. Yeah, that was very, very well done. The thing I didn't like was they should, we, we knew they weren't going to have an audience. And I don't know why they went up with this ruse of like, there were people on a roof watching it live because that was not happening. And, uh, because one thing that I'm sure that World of Wonder was very happy about was that they got to keep, uh, the results somewhat contained because they didn't have the people like, um, spoiling it. Now I'm sure Nami Harder, who's listening live, has some information for us about how, <laughs> no, it really was taped live and it was on the, you know, the this and such and such building on these such and such streets and whatnot. Right. And, then now, right now, there's going to be a, a, a statement in, in the Discord from Nami Harder arguing with me for why I just said that. Even because like, I don't know why I would have that information. I don't know why <laughs> Joe's saying this about me. But still, anyway, regardless, something, something, something. Anyway, um, I, I didn't like that fake audience. They were clearly not there. They're, it's just like, why do they have to stick with the artifice um of, of, oh, there's people here and Jada Essence Hall is really here on this rooftop and, and everybody has a super nice car. <laughs> yeah. And, I noticed that everybody had their cars all decked out with like yeah. neon strips or yeah. like LED lights and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, wow, what is yeah. a- Because they hired extras or people that knew or friends of friends, you know, and stuff like that to come here and go, oh, can you go here for a few hours? And, uh, maybe they showed them, I don't know if there's even stuff really on the screen or maybe they showed them like, um, pre-taped portions on the screen that they just filmed at night but like yeah it was so fake and so dumb and annoying uh and i was just like you're, you're wasting everyone's time did anyone believe that that was real that they were really watching did you believe it taylor i kind of believed it yeah. no no it, well, i mean so i fake. wondered i wondered <clears throat> i didn't think it was the people's cars Okay. I figured it was cars that they had brought in and then they had people standing up next to car because they didn't want anybody's like junker cars or, or somebody's, you know, license plate being shown or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I thought it was actual people. Yeah. I, I, let me put it this way. I was so glad I was pleasantly surprised to see that mm-hmm. because it also reminded me when I did the drive and drag a couple of months ago that I was like, Oh, okay. That's awesome. I mean, I do get that there were definitely superimposed videos over the screens, mm-hmm. you know, so that they, so, and, and I did have the thought of, well, there could be people in all of those windows and the buildings behind them watching this, and then they can't get any of them to sign an NDR. So what, you know, what, you know, I would, I, I don't know. I liked to believe the illusion of it, much like we talk about, this show is an illusion yeah. of a reality competition. Mm-hmm. I allowed myself to get sucked in for this, the final night of the season. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, that said, let's go through it. I didn't, I didn't write a script for this. I wrote a very simple script. You just heard it. Let's go beat by beat. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually, you know what? Let's do this now before we go in. Uh, beat by beat. All right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna be a long episode. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll we'll talk about our favorite moments from this from the episode and whatnot. But we'll do it right after this break. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right. I gotta get something off my chest. By the time I finish 
watching RuPaul's Drag Race two times, recording two different shows about it, and spending my entire week around RuPaul's Drag Race. The last thing I want to do is listen to other podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race. But people are constantly saying, do you listen to this podcast or that podcast? And I'll be honest with you, I don't because I barely have time to record the one that I do. And I, this, this, this sits on me, on my chest. So I have to get it off my chest because I'm like, is this hindering my growth as a creator? So I'm glad I told you guys this so you guys can stop recommending shows or asking me if I listen to Race Chaser or Sibling Rivalry. We all carry around different stressors, by the way. Big, small, serious, silly. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Can you imagine if I went to therapy with this? And to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have benefited tremendously from therapy, tremendously. And it's a way for me to work out different problems that I've had. And I've shared those problems with you before. If you have stressors in your life, you need to talk them out. That's how you release the toxicity is by talking it out. And therapy can help do that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely Online, when they designed it, they designed it to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if you don't like your therapist, you can just switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash drag race. Yeah. All righty. Wow. What oh, a- last one. Last. last yeah. One. Yeah. You know, what's so weird whenever I, uh, okay. Peek behind the curtain. We play that song when we're recording I wait a couple of beats, and then the song comes in, and then we do the, yeah, there's no real time that passes. But have you ever listened to the show in the public feed? That's a no. Okay, and so... Sorry, I didn't realize you were talking to me. Okay. Yeah. If you listen to the show in public feed, which I have a couple of times, just to see if the commercials play or whatnot. And it is weird to have the exit, and then there'll be like two or three commercials... You right. know, and it's like, and I'm like, oh my god, oh, people are waiting through this, and then, um, and then they come back, and I go, yeah, and I, and I go, oh, it feels like magic, like we've been sitting there the whole time waiting, right? We've been sitting there getting our notes ready, and yeah, you know, no, making making small talk, like when the local news tankers, like when yeah. the, when it goes dark, and they're both like, you know, talking to each yeah. other, yeah, or Johnny Carson would lean in and stuff mm-hmm. like that, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, Taylor, let's talk about sort of the big beats of the episode. The first thing we had now, I did for some reason my DVR cut in like 30 seconds into this RuPaul dance number, so I only got to see like the last 20 30 seconds of it. I don't know how long it was. Um, a couple minutes, okay. I missed about, I probably only saw about a minute of it then, yeah. What were your thoughts on it? What was uh, what were your thoughts on this opening number? It felt uh 
this was the first time in a very long time that I would say Rue is a beautiful woman. Yeah. Rue, Rue beautiful quality. Mm-hmm. And um, I was glad to see her actually performing. Mm-hmm. You know, usually she stands there. And I know that you always talk about the Utira when you see her the first time and all of that kind of stuff. Rue's inability to dance or keep the rhythm <laughs> just made it kind of painful to watch. It just, yeah. She just looked terrified she was going to fall over and break a hip. Like it was where she's got all of these guys kind of like dancing around her and 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 all of that. The fact that she was just kind of, you know you know, step one, two, step one. Like you could see her kind of like, you know, she, as much as they give the the queen's grief, you know, about the, I can see you, I can see you choreographing the steps in your mind while you're dancing. Like just have fun with it. She was not taking, she was not taking Jamal Sims advice Yeah, with something like this. It was very much of the, where I'm just going to stand here and you're all going to dance around me. And I see random because, you know, I'm old, so now I have tunnel vision, but I see random figures flying past me. So I'm trying not to flinch, but I'm also, like, trying to keep with the beat. And it it wasn't it was, it wasn't really good. The song's okay, but, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not one that I'll I'll put on my playlist. They should have had this horrible Todrick giving her side eye and saying horrible <laughs> things to her because she didn't do the, you know, obviously you don't want to be famous, RuPaul, and horrible things that just yeah. Todrick said. Well, clearly somebody doesn't want to win the crown. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hear any excuses, RuPaul. What a horrible, how does he sleep with himself? How does this Ru, how does this Todrick Hall sleep with himself? In a house that's worth 10, what, what is, didn't he buy some ridiculous, like, house and then, like, posted about it on YouTube and uh. said, giving a tour of my, like, Seven million dollar house or something like gross like that. I don't know. I try. I don't pay any. I don't follow. If 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 Todrick came up my YouTube, I would cancel my YouTube account. <laughs> I would flag it for inappropriate content. So I don't like the other thing. Hall. The the other thing that I noticed about the dancers, many of them very very cute. No underarm hair. <laughs> oh really? Like all of them have shaved underarms. It was a little like, okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right, Taylor. Uh, okay, then after, I, I didn't really get to see the dance number, so I, don't, I didn't really get to see it. But then now we know. This is a big moment right here. Is um, we get to see. Now let's, let's just do it right here. For, I, and I have nothing to say. I want to warn you right now. I have nothing to say. It's time for the looks. The girls had showed off three looks, right? What were uh-huh. they? What were the looks? I don't even know. Oh, wait, the no, looks I know. I were. Do. Okay. Black and white was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then it was red all over. Yes. And then grand finale, eleganza extravaganza. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Luke Stamen. Yes. So I am going to say that, God, I already don't remember some of the looks, but I just remember thinking they were really awesome at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do know that the first look was Gottmik and let me see if I let me see if I could do this from memory. Sure. Gottmik had on an outfit that was inspired by Hellraiser, okay. which was awesome. I am not a horror fan, but I knew exactly who that character was. Mm-hmm. And I thought that she looked amazing, even right. with the little Pandora's box that apparently mm-hmm. was inspired by her brand. Mm-hmm. Um and then the next one to come out was Candy, uh-huh. who came out in a uh, bl- obviously in a black and white dress and th- where she had uh, the BLM kind of imb- not embroidered on it but kind of written across it mm-hmm. uh, there was part of me that 
I can appreciate that her wanting to make a statement. I guess the the question that I have is the fact that she's making that statement when the statement I think was more eloquently made earlier in the season in a white dress Mm -hmm. was a little odd. And the fact that the M of the BLM was kind of outlining her crotch. Yeah. Like her panty line was Mm -hmm. just a little like, I want to like this more than I feel like I should. (laughs) That kind of thing. Um, so that was, that was her look. And then, uh, Rose came out in a latex inspired, like, My Fair Lady look. Mm-hmm. That was very, very awesome. Though she looked like she was having a hard time walking in it. Yeah. Um, and then Simone came out in a black and white outfit that was almost like an antebellum. Like she said, she refused the phrase Queen of the South and she mm-hmm. had a huge hair. Um, a, a huge wig on that was expansive and it was, it was lots of textures, lots of fabrics. And that was very, very pretty. Um, okay. So that's the first four looks. The next four looks were red and the first look was <clears throat> got Mick again. And she came out in an outfit inspired by Keith Haring, mm-hmm. uh, and David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, and that look was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. However, again, she looked like she was having difficulty walking in it mm-hmm. because of the wide stance of the look. But I thought it was with a red, like a red David Bowie type wig. Mm-hmm. So definitely very cool. Speaks to her gender bending. Yeah. Um, next. <coughs> Are you me. okay? Yeah, I just got, I'm, I'm talking too much. Shut up. Um, and, uh, next came, uh, Candy came out next. And she came out in an outfit that kind of looked like a purse. It had lots of uh, grommet rings in it. It was sort of a, a mini skirt, and that look was okay. That was that was an okay look. Um, and definitely red mm-hmm. met the criteria for the category. Uh, Rose came out in I guess like a tree inspired outfit or something that had like the weird veins or the roots all around it, and she kind of dragged one foot. And I think she was trying to be a tree and I didn't really understand that, but Mm -hmm. okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Simone came out in an outfit that was uh, covered in red fingernails, red fake nails, acrylic nails, and had her hair where it was ponytail, where there was, uh, where there were hands that were kind of holding the ponytails Mm -hmm. to make it look where it was like somebody working on her hair. And I thought this was an amazing look. It was very cool. It spoke to what drag is. Drag is supposed to be, you know, at times there's supposed to be a sense of humor to it. And I Mm -hmm. thought that it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So the last look was drag, you know, finale drag excellence sort of thing. So then we have Gottmik in a leather, uh, I I don't know what you call it, like Elizabethan type outfit or whatever that Mm -hmm. had like, you know, just absolutely amazing. Um, with with like like a like an exoskeleton, a gold exoskeleton over it, and like crazy hair that had horns in it, and she had the white makeup and everything. Just 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 it was a moment. It was very much a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, then Candy came out in her peacock outfit, which I think had more attention been paid to details, I think it could have been a beautiful look. But I did not like her makeup, and I thought that the outfit looked cheap compared to the other girls' looks. Mm-hmm. Um, next, you have next you have Rose in an outfit, that, like, kind of speaking to her Mary Queen of Scots outfit, but it was all like a like a light green and creams, and it looked like there was a little bit of yellows in there and everything. And she looked mm-hmm. she looked beautiful. She looked absolutely stunning. Silver, mm-hmm. there was silver in that as well. Mm-hmm. And then there was Simone, mm-hmm. and Simone's last look. Oh my god, why can I not remember Simone's last look? 
Don't look at me. Uh, no, I, well, I am looking at you because I don't know. Okay. Uh, oh, 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 God. Yeah, the gold arm. Okay, so it was like half angel and half warrior. Thank you, Pinball Wizard. <laughs> um, and it was where it was, it was, it looked like it was like gold leather or gold lame. Not gold lame. It was definitely like a gold leather that kind of looked like an arm, like a gladiator armband with the glove. Love. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other side was this very ethereal, like white, guy. very, very beautiful. I can't believe I couldn't remember that because mm-hmm. it was very, very cool to me. Just amazing, amazing looks. All the girls, I would say Rose and Candy both had at least one miss, mm-hmm. but Gottmik and Simone's looks were incredible. All right. And those are the looks. And those are for the last time. Well, I guess you'll mention them when they do their lipstick battles, but formally the looks. The formally, yes. Yeah. Anyway, next, uh, I'm, I'm skipping like little things like talking to Jada. We're not going to talk about that. But then they did the interviews, right? They interviewed each girl. And they had like little video packages and stuff like that that highlighted their their run on the season. The first one they had up was Got Mick. Uh, Taylor, any uh, any thoughts on Got Mick's interview? <clears throat> I think it's clear Rue really seems to like Got Mick. I mean, she said that where she just, I think, I think Rue let it slip a little bit that she figured, okay, it, it felt like, and this isn't speaking, you know, ill of got mixed talent, but it seemed mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. People are giving me grief about having a trans person. We'll have a trans person on to like shut everybody up kind of thing. And then she ended up really kind of liking got mm-hmm. and she sort of felt, it feels like she sort of let that slip. Um, but she's, but got, got makes got infectious energy and she's great. And mm-hmm. I, I was I was glad for the interview. I didn't realize that she had worked with Paris Hilton before. That's how. Oh she... yeah, didn't she mention that on the show? I don't remember that. That oh. that was that was eighty three episodes ago. How would I remember that? I just liked it to the part where RuPaul says to Gottmik, "So I hear, so I hear that roasting runs in your family." And then Gottmik's at least published responses. Yeah, my mom calls me. And then that her dad's listening to her roast or her comedy routine in the other room. Yeah. How is that? Yeah, roasting? that didn't make any sense to it me. It didn't either. make any sense. I feel like there was something they cut out and we missed. Cause yeah. that, that answer made no, no sense. Apart from that, I had nothing to say about this interview. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, because look, what you said right now, I'll be honest with you, was true across the board. RuPaul was just fucking yucking it up and laughing at anything anyone ever said anywhere. Like, I will say, look, with the exception of Candy Muse, all of these, the remaining three girls are all very likable people, but they're fine. You know, they're fine. They're none, none of them is super funny. None of them is horrible. They're just safe. And that's actually, you see it in the lip syncs and whatnot. And I have a comment about that, but it was just, they're just safe. And that makes for a boring finale, a boring season. Even though, even though it was paced well, it just there's no risk, there's no danger in yeah. this, in in this in this season or in this finale. All right, the next one was Candy Muse. Your big thoughts on Candy Muse? The video package, the interview, Taylor. Uh, I can't think of anything. <laughs> they were just, but they. The only thing I would say is they were just kissing this candy's ass 
like nobody's business. RuPaul laughing at every pitch that she said, like she's yeah. super funny, playing that hacky, corny, cruise ship roast joke she made about RuPaul died. Like, yeah. it was, they were, they were, I don't know why they want us to like Candy Muse, All-Star 7 contestant, no, All-Star 8 contestant Candy Muse so badly. That's why. You just answered the question. Because that they realize that they have a big – okay, so think about this. Who other than Candy – I mean, taking Candy off the table, who would be – You would never do that, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> who would be the another big personality of the season? To uh, Misha, but I would say even though it was a very different kind, Utica was a – an uh, uh, interesting personality, I'll say. Okay, not, not interesting. Okay, a big, big person, Tamisha. Tamisha. Okay, does Tamisha strike you as the type of person that would play well with Word of World of Wonder? No, no. So they need somebody for because at some point, you know, they have all of these little shows on Wow Presents. You know, you know, uh, is still the most popular one, but they need somebody to do these things. So they figure. We have to kind of kiss her ass a little bit, and she, and if if we can, they couldn't convince people that to like Silky, mm-hmm. but maybe there are people that think we can convince people to like Candy, so that if she does come for an All Star Seven or an All Stars Eight, it's not immediately like what the fuck is she doing here? Because I guarantee Candy is already signed up. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Next, Rose. Any big thoughts on her video package and interview? Uh, Rose's was Rose's seemed that was the one that I think Rue was the most low key on. Mm-hmm. She didn't seem like she almost seemed like, you know, when are we going to stop and have a break kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like she just seemed very uninterested to me. Well, I don't think again, very safe, very pleasant person. This Rue was laughing at this family like they were the fucking. Uh, the aristocrats coming in and auditioning for her. They, she was so laughing so hard at that. Like they, they were saying the funniest things she ever heard in her life. They were just, they were, look, a very lovable, charming, dorky family, yeah. right? There's nothing wrong with them at all. But she was guffawing as if it was, you know, Carl Reiner and his and, and family were there, you know. But do you, <laughs> Carl Reiner. But do you think that part of that is normally you have the audience around like the the only sound that was that you could hear was her laughing. Normally yeah. that laughing that like she felt like she had to kind of go bigger because there wasn't the audience to sort of drown you know out what? if she You're was right. at a 7. You're right. You're right. That's exactly you know. probably Plus I mean I will say this for as much as you talk about like, you know, the way she is when all are taping the show and mm-hmm. we're taping the finale and stuff like that. She always seems to be very, no matter who the family member is of the, she always seems very kind. At least that's the way it's presented on TV where she mm-hmm. seems, she seems to at least pretend really well that she's interested in what they have to say, even though she won't remember the name of their child a week from now. No, she's nice to them in the, in the look, I have to say too, since season seven, I have not seen RuPaul misbehave on, uh, on stage. Um, and in fact, the last time I saw her live on the, in the finale, what was that? Season t- 11? Yeah. Was that 11? Uh, yeah, that was 11. She was perfectly lovely, very in a very good mood. I don't know why she was just in a mm-hmm. very, very good mood that day. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, she's, she's nice to them. Um, okay. Simone, I have no notes. I literally just put a line. I had no notes on that one. Um, she talked about the fact that she hadn't gone home again. <laughs> I know that mm-hmm. that was where she hadn't gone back to Arkansas and that she misses her mom. That was really, those are the two things that I remember from that, uh, from that particular interview. Yeah. And then we have the AIDS segment. Uh, the 40th anniversary of the first case of AIDS, I guess, is this year. And I yeah. thought I wrote here because, um, well, let's. So when RuPaul came on stage and was first saying things like, oh, this might be a, a nice time for a clip package, you know. If, and I was trying to think of, off the top of my head of famous people that we lost to AIDS. And maybe you'll remember people that I don't remember. But, um, but. Then they, what did you think of this Bet Midler Friends number? It was weird. It it was something where, okay, it it was odd just because one, they felt the need to write recorded earlier. Like they thought that they were actually, like they were like flipping them back and forth really fast. You know, they've cloned Rose apparently, Mm -hmm. and there's two of them. Um, so I thought that was, that was odd. I, I agree with you. I think that in the past, when they've talked about things like civil rights, when they've talked about, uh, voting, when they've talked about, you know, gay rights, that sort of thing, that she, they've done a great clip package at reunions. Mm-hmm. So the fact that rather than produce something where you can talk about all of the incredible celebrities over yeah. the course of the last 40 years, mm-hmm. particularly, you know, gay men of color, that were instrumental to RuPaul having a platform to where she could perform the show. And they Mm -hmm. chose to have the final four, you know, lip sync to a Bette Midler song, which, and it was also a weird version of that song. Like I've never heard that song of where it's multiple people, multiple versions of Bette Midler all talking over one another. Yeah. And like, we're supposed to be friends, but then we're all annoyed with one another that we're all taking turns and like standing in the spotlight. It was, it was an odd it was it was it was an odd selection, What's and fun? also it, it made me worry for Gottmik as a lip syncer because when she was when she was Cade out of the audience, a lip syncing, I'm like, ooh, that's she doesn't she doesn't give good face as far as lip syncing goes. It was odd in that, like, I'll be honest with you, when it was started with Rose in the theater, and then it went to Candy, and with the four of them only, I was like, oh, uh-huh. this could be very pretty and cute, and then when it turned into all of them doing different Bette Midlers, yeah. I was like, what is, what is, what is this? What is this? Well, and the, the clip that they showed of Bette Midler, it's like one line from the song that doesn't really, unless you know the song, you don't really have a point of reference. And then it's just her like breaking down on like this video. It, it, it was just, a, it was an odd ch- choice. I feel like they could have done so much more, especially. You know, I work in I work in that field. I work in HIV and AIDS, and mm-hmm. I, you know, it is definitely one of those things that I think the younger generation doesn't mm-hmm. recognize. When I was, when you and I were in that younger generation, how terrifying the idea of HIV and AIDS was to to gay men of our age. And that's what I wanted because, to transition to. Is let's do not a real AIDS tribute. But, uh, cause we could never, we're not prepared for that, but just at right. least off the top of our head, do something that was a little bit more meaningful than what they did. But, um, 
Yeah, you, you speak to, I think I've spoken on this on shows before, but you know, when Rock Hudson died, and I was actually explaining to Aiden who Rock Hudson was. I had to explain to Aiden, my scandalously young boyfriend, who Rock Hudson was and say, like, you know, he was a big movie star that was seen as very handsome and a ladies' man. And it was an open secret in Hollywood that he was gay, but the general public didn't know. So when he died of AIDS, it was a disease up to that point that the media had really downplayed. No one really – they just knew it was like maybe if they knew – that it was something that gay people got, and it was sort of ignored. And so when Rock right. Hudson died, gay from, men, yeah, gay, gay men, men, lesbians gay men never got it. Yeah. yeah, it was just something the gay men. Yeah, that. And so that there's a whole book about that, you know, with Larry Kramer, and then that Randy Schultz and the um and the band played on. You can read that. Um, but when Rock Hudson died, it blew open the doors on this sort of like, in other words, AIDS came out of the closet. You know, it was a gigantic yeah. thing that happened. And um, I remember I was a kid. I didn't understand. I just knew it was a disease that people who were attracted to men got. And I remember, I specifically remember not sleeping the entire night, maybe the night he died, and weeping, you know, crying. Because I thought it was like a disease that God gave you because he punished you, you know? Yeah. And that crying that my parents didn't know that I would be dying of AIDS because I was one of those people, you know? Yeah. And because I didn't understand what it was. I, I don't even think I knew what sex was, you know? So yeah. um, I just knew that I liked boys. And um, <clears throat> well, because we, because at that point, the, the, the level of acceptance of LGBT people uh, that there was, we were the only time that you saw people who were gay where it was either on a very special episode mm-hmm. or they were the victim of a crime or they were on a talk show on a on like Donahue or Sally Jesse Raphael mm-hmm. or one of those type of shows. And they were usually, you know, messy drag queens or they were some sort of, they were portrayed as some sort of like sexual deviant. Yeah. You know, and even, even when you had somebody like, like Phil Donahue who was trying to, promote lgbt right then it was where they were kind of in the center of the lion's pit and people would ask horrible questions of them and just really just say gross things to them and and it was you know that we grew up watching that Mm -hmm. you know you definitely had your you and i were talking about you know some of like paul lind and charles nelson riley and rip rip taylor and all those that they were kind of the funny guys but it was never (laughs) talked about that it was while it was clear they were gay it wasn't seen as you know they were they weren't allowed to really kind of be who they were. Strangely, none of those men died time. of AIDS. Charles Nelson Wright just died <clears> of being old. <throat> Cynthia with Taylor, and then people think Paul Lynn died of AIDS, but he died of a heart attack. Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, people think he died, um, but he didn't. But we did lose some iconic people. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say if, if for people who, you know, younger people, there's a movie that came out. I want to say in the early '90s called Longtime Companion mm-hmm. that is really kind of speaks to what it was like, you know, what it was like for the generation before us. Mm-hmm. You know, we did, we, we were little when this all happened. You and I, I mean, you were like six or seven and I was eight or nine. And the way I describe it to people when I talk about this movie is it's basically a gay horror movie because it's a movie about a group of friends that are all spending time and having time to, and having fun together. And mm-hmm. one by one, they're disappearing. 
and they're dying this horrible, horrible death at the time. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very sad movie, but there's, the end is very uplifting and, um, but it's, it, it explains a little bit more what it was like, particularly in the early eighties in the nineties, when I was a case manager in the mid nineties, people only lived mm-hmm. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. If you were lucky, if you got the, on the right medication and it's, you know, I think nowadays, now that it's seen as a much more manageable disease on the one hand, thank God. But it's also a disease that can be avoided through safer sex practices. And, yeah. and if you are positive, you know, making sure that your viral load is undetectable so that you're not transmitting it to other people. I mean, there's, this is, this is what I do all day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah. You know, um, it's, I, it's I remember sad. off the top of my head, I remember we lost Waylon Flowers. Of Wayland Flowers and Madam, mm-hmm. obviously Rock Hudson. We lost Liberace. We lost. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who else did we lose? I feel like one of the C's. We lost C's Sylvester, who was talked about. Oh, Sylvester! You're during right. the disco, uh, 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 the disco chat, they talked about Sylvester. Sylvester died of AIDS. Yeah. Um, Freddie Mercury. Oh, Freddie Mercury. That's right. Um, I yeah. feel like a, where I'm a, also a, seeing in the chat room. Keith Haring, who who oh, got Mick did and, uh, did right. a tribute to tonight in in her, in her outfit. I mean, Larry Kramer mm-hmm. is another one who is a playwright. Who we I mean, we just lost him recently. Yeah, but um, but uh, no, we lost the guy who the guy who wrote the book exposing it. Randy Schiltz died of AIDS. You know, there were we, there's yeah. a whole generation of just a lost generation. And what's funny, and we've talked about this before is RuPaul comes from that lost generation. And that's Uh what's interesting about this conflict without taking sides about RuPaul and, you know, whether she's sensitive to trans people or whether she's sensitive to women being drag Queens or whatnot. It's, I feel there is a sense from that generation of fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. I fucking saw my friends die and I fought in the street so that you could get these medications and whatnot and you could live this life that you're living. Don't tell me what I well, – don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me not yeah. to live and sit and putter, you know. <laughs> the sky's candy and the sun is all butter. Sun's a ball of butter. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so I think RuPaul comes from that generation. RuPaul was one of those people who probably was – um, well, she wasn't marching. She saw them marching and she thought positive thoughts. But then, um. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's our AIDS tribute. Next, we have, uh, the, the Chi Chi Devane tribute, which was very touching and very lovely. It was very weird because they were obviously told to do this at the end, but that Kim Chi never stopped speaking in the second person, which is that was I noticed that too. Chilling, kind of, actually. Yeah. Really hit home that she was gone. And and was clearly crying through it. Mm-hmm. Clearly, she definitely was where she her eyes were very wet through the whole thing. Yeah. So where? I mean, Chi Chi was a Chi Chi. You one. I didn't realize that was this year. That just kind of speaks to the year that we've had. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, and not even the full year. I mean, this has been since season twelve ended, which is less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was forever ago that we lost her. Mm-hmm. And seeing some of those performances that she did on the main stage and just what a powerhouse she was. And she was always somebody that 
while I didn't necessarily always like her fashion choices, she always struck me as someone who seemed very kind mm-hmm. and and just seemed like a, a a a positive force of energy. So it was it was sad. All right, very good. Uh, all right. Well, Taylor. Then it was time for the lip sync battle for the love. The first thing they do, they this was a very strange moment. RuPaul said to read the rules is Senator Cory Booker, who's also, as we learned in an episode of that, like, uh, we already done had your tree or whatever that show is that <laughs> that family tree show. Yeah, who do you think you are? Who do you that, th- that yeah. it? Who the fuck do you be thinking you are? Right. <laughs> Uh, RuPaul found out that Cory Booker is her cousin. Right. Did you see the one where Larry David found out that he's cousins with uh, Bernie Sanders? No. Oh, no, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they look alike. They're related too. But... Anyway, uh, so but then he goes, "I'm not going to do the rules. <laughs> I'm just going to say this thing, which is fine. I guess they had to say because then he says he didn't do the rules, and you're like, it was what a waste of everybody's time." But it was fine. Cory Booker, yay, he did that. Blah, blah, blah. Did you have any big thoughts on Cory Booker saying that stuff? Uh, my husband said he could get it. Could get what? <laughs> Which I kind of turned around and was like, oh, well, okay. Good to know. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I go. I, I, I see where he's talking. I feel like he, he looks good from certain angles and in certain ones. You're like, Ooh. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. And then, uh, we had the, the lip sync for the crown. The first one up was Candy versus Rose. Now, the theme was all Britney Spears songs. Mm-hmm. All Britney Spears songs. The first one was Candy versus Rose to the song Work Bitch. Um, did you have any big thoughts on this, um, lip sync? As soon as I saw the song, I said, Candy's got it. Without the music even starting, I said, it's good. Candy's good. Well, first of all, the fact that they brought up that Rose had a hurt ankle during her interview mm-hmm. was that was worrisome. And then because that's that song, Work Bitch, I like that song. That's a mm-hmm. fun song. It's also a very chaotic song. Yeah. It's also just, it's, it's a messy song. And mm-hmm. I mean that in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. And Candy, as we have talked about, is a messy lip syncer. Yeah. So it made sense that she was going to be able to get more in sync with the song than Rose was. Mm-hmm. So when you also consider that she had that injury on her ankle and really couldn't do a lot of the stuff that she would normally probably do. Yeah. It was it was clear almost from the beginning that that Candy was Candy was going to win. But let me ask you this one. question. Did did Candy in your mind win the lip sync? Oh, yes. if you were root- oh, you did. I kind of. No, he wasn't rooting for her. No, 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 no. Who we all win, know you're the biggest Candy Muse fan. Okay, yeah. I'm creating my own Patreon to just where we talk about Candy Muse. Yeah, all the time. I know. I just praise her. I know. You're the head of the Fandies, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're so stupid. <laughs> so, um. But so I, I actually thought now I was looking at it, I was like, I forgot that Rose had hurt her ankle. And I thought that she just did a better job just lip syncing. I know, but, but maybe can't, Rose did a better job with, and this is where, the, the, this is where the, the, this hurt her in the back. Candy is, Candy is where she like knows 
like 85% of the words. Yeah. Okay. And we know that she does the thing where she turns her back when she's walking to the back of the stage that she, you know, the parts that she doesn't know the words and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas Rose couldn't necessarily move as much, but was giving, giving good face and mm-hmm. was definitely, she knew the words mm-hmm. and was working in that regard. And that is, but she couldn't move. So it became where you have this chaotic song. You're focusing your attention on the chaos. Mm-hmm. So you're focusing on Hurricane Candy over there mm-hmm. versus Rose just kind of standing pretty and just kind of walking around. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then next, did you have any thoughts on the outfits or anything? Um, I was underwhelmed by both of them. I mm-hmm. thought Candy's, the, the multicolored bikini thing she had on when she ripped it off was actually, she looked good in it. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of the wig and I did not like Rose's outfit at all. Yeah. I'm not a fan of when they do the weird ponytails. It kind of, of the, the, the ponytails and the wig. So they kind of stick out and then to the side. It reminds me of Detox and the Reju Rochu mm-hmm. and the fact that they're, the fact that in, in that video, they're off kilter. So then that becomes where that's what I focus on when she's rapping versus listening to, listening to Detox rap. So it kind of took me there, and that might have been. So let me get this straight, because five years ago, Detox had her ponytails off kilter. You couldn't pay attention to Rose. No, that's not. Well, that is kind of what I said, but that's not what I meant. I watch that Reju Roju video all the time. Oh, you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of those that anytime you watch any sort of like lip sync or something on YouTube, it almost immediately, if you just let it go to the, um, automatically go to the next video, it's almost automatically the next video that plays. So I just, it's usually, I just kind of have it on because I love that song. All right. Next we have Got Mick versus Simone. They lip sync to Gimme More. Now this was, I was actually, it was so funny. I'm, I'm, I don't think this is a revolutionary thing that I'm going to say here. I'm just pointing out the obvious. But I was like, oh, this is really the lip sync for the crown. <laughs> like, yeah. whoever wins this is the winner of the whole season. Right. And, right. Uh, and yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I said, I wasn't sure who was going to win. I, I thought it could have gone either way. And I even said at one point, I said, they're going to do another season 10 where it's going to be three of them lip syncing. For the, for the crown, it's going to be candy versus because, because I think everybody knew at this point, whoever won this one is the one who wins the crown. So to keep the suspense, and I think even the producers knew that. So if it's something where they said, well, if we have the three of them lip sync, then at least you don't know if it's got Mick or Simone, mm-hmm. you know, um, I wrote on here. I thought Got Mick was going to win. Let me tell you this. There was a piece of rumor going around, but since it never appeared in the spoiler thread, I was always very dubious of it. What's funny is this is rumor got the pairing ups correctly, I believe, but it got mm-hmm. some things wrong. It said that it was Candy versus Rosé and then Simone versus Got Mick. Okay? Mm-hmm. But it said that um, on this rumor... I never talked about it in the rumor mail because it wasn't on the spoiled drag race. I'm like, this, I don't know, this doesn't seem true. That, uh, Rose beat it, beat, beat it. Rose beat Candy <laughs> and she went forward. And then with Simone and Gottmik, that Simone had a Asia butterfly moment. And that, uh, Gottmik went forward and then Gottmik won the whole crown. Um, okay. 
so I was still thinking, well, maybe that's true. And so I was, but I, so in my, in my notes, I wrote, Simone won that lip sync question mark. So I was like, to me, Simone, it got me did a great job, but in my head, at least the way it was edited, it looked a lot like they were saying Simone won this, you know? And it was, it, yeah. I mean, I, I think that they, they, I mean, they telegraphed Candy just because they focused more energy on her. You only really saw Rose a lot of the times in like the wide shots. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt like they did a good job of giving even even camera time to both Gottmik and Simone. I was so. suspicious at first when Simone and Gottmik come out. I'm like, I wrote, okay, here come the stunt shows, and was pleasantly surprised that the stunt shows weren't as stunty as I thought they were going to be. But I have, I'm going to come, I'm going to circle yeah. back to this thought. And then when okay. we have, then we have the finale of Simone v. Um, Candy for the finale, and that song was Work Bitch, right? No, 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 no. 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 It was Till the World Ends. Till but the World Ends. I thought Rue said Tell the World Is when she said it. And I was like, I've never heard that song before. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, Till the, because I don't know if she was talking with marbles in her mouth or what, but mm-hmm. it was, she sort of, like kind of slurred her word a little bit when she said it. It wasn't before. Wasn't good. Before we stop there, but before we get to the actual finale, that we uh-huh. had a moment where, we, where they award the Miss Congeniality. And we got to see all the looks of the eliminated queens. Um, uh-huh. Did you have any thoughts on those eliminated queen looks? I only have one thought on one person. Um, I remember thinking that a couple of them looked awesome, and a couple of them looked horrible. A couple of them were not good looks. Um, I, I thought that I liked Lala Ree's look. I thought I liked Olivia's look. I liked Utica's look. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Joey J's was questionable. Mm-hmm. It was not a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else's look I didn't necessarily really like. Um, Tina Burner. Tina Burner, where, Tina Burner can't catch a break. Where they even show, like, where they make the noise where the bird goes flying past her on the yeah. roof. And then RuPaul so, just mean, straight up says to Rosé, oh, my God, you was horrible. How did you not tell <laughs> Tina? <laughs> it was, it, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of a couple of them that were just not great. Mm-hmm. Not great looks. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was going to say is Elliot with two Ts. I was like, come on, Cindy McCain. That's all I thought. <laughs> yes yes very Cindy McCain but I also thought that that's another example of you've got somebody where we're clearly we have like a cinematographer or we know somebody has to, knows how to edit video mm-hmm. yeah doing that one compared to poor La La Ree where it's from like the waist up where she's just got like a white poster board behind her and she's like standing there <laughs> it's like so there's there's it, the fact that they couldn't do something for all the it it it, it, it it bothers me. It does bother me for these girls. These girls donated, you know, these, these, not donated, but these girls, you know, gave up four months of their life over mm-hmm. the course of this show or, or, you know, however long it took to tape the show. I know yeah. they, they're not actually gone four months. And the fact that it was just sort of this, okay, well, get yourself, you know, send us videos from your iPhone and, and we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get them on the show for you. Just, it yeah. felt, it, it was, it, it didn't feel right to me. All right, so let's now. And then you were ha- were you happy with Lala? I was actually surprised it wasn't Olivia I, Lux. I was too. We both kind of went what, and then like okay, but you know what? There were consistent discussions 
they seem to kind of drip in every once in a while the fact that Olivia, according to my husband, the way my husband said it, Olivia has a dark side to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas I think Lala was just seemed very just happy to be there and, you know, se- seemed very gracious, especially when they all made fun of her, you know, paper bag dress. And well, also, I think, think there's an element to where people go like, Olivia Lux was gunning for Miss Congeniality. <laughs> no, that's true, too. Yeah, that is true. Like, too. We're not going to give it to her. We're going to give it to Lala. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get to the big moment. It was, like I, you said, the, till the world ends, it was Candy Muse versus Simone. I see this and I go, oh, stunt shows. Again, uh, some stunts, but nothing out of the crazy, out of this world, you know. Yeah. Your thoughts on this lip sync? Um, well, and I guess this is another thing that goes to my thoughts about Candy. The song Candy did Work Bitch mm-hmm. and Candy did Till the World Ends. Mm-hmm. And while I do not in any way, shape, or form consider myself to be an expert on Britney Spears, I do know enough about those videos to know that she was pulling choreography directly from those videos. Who was? Candy. Oh, okay. The where the the part in work bitch we're doing the work it out work it out and they do this where she kind of does this arm where she did the arm sign of slowly like that that's from that video mm-hmm. and the till the world ends where she kind of is jumping up and down and throwing her hands like mm-hmm. this yeah that's from that video too and I feel like that is a that's a, that's a cheat mm-hmm. that's a shortcut to do that I had a problem when Aquaria did that to if mm-hmm. in her finale where she yeah. she pulled she pulled choreography from that I think that if you're going to do something you should do it. On your own, and as far as a reveal, so she pulled the Dominican Republican mm-hmm. flag out of Dominican Republic flag mm-hmm. out. I don't know where exactly she pulled it out from, but that didn't seem very much like a reveal to me. I don't know. I, I guess with Simone, the thing where the things popped out of her head was cool, but do you think those were supposed to twirl and they just didn't? No, I think they probably did what they exactly did. But that, but that I'm, I'm saying that though, I could be tainted, so to speak. Because I have a, a a thing to talk about with that, but okay, go ahead. Okay, um, I mean, you you knew from the jacket that there was going to be a reveal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no way she was going to do that entire song dressed like somebody from the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, she, I think that she did a better job of the lip sync. You know, I I was thinking at one point, I'm like. What if Candy actually blows this lip sync out of the water? Mm-hmm. Like, what if this is one of these situations where Simone shits the bed and then Candy Muse is the winner of season 13? Mm-hmm. What would that do to the fan base? Mm-hmm. I would have, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I wouldn't, I, this is what I have to do for a living. So, like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say. have stopped covering the show, but I would have been like, <laughs> well, guys, afterthought's done. <laughs> yeah. Bye, everyone. See you later. Um, I quit. I'm going to go work at Starbucks. But, you know, um, uh well then we see then we go to it and then RuPaul crowns the winner. What did you think of Jada Essence Hall's finale look? By the way, it was okay. I've I've had seen other ones that I like more. I like Jada. There's part of me that feels like Jada got the short end of the stick. Stick. Mm-hmm. You know she she didn't get a full year for one thing. Yeah. Um. And then they have her where they have her kind of doing the. Maria Menounos type thing out in the parking lot where she's mm-hmm. pretending to interview people and talk to people and stuff like they yeah. made her do that sort of stuff. Like there, there's, there's part of it that I feel like for somebody who seems 
universally loved. You never hear anybody say something bad about Jada. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I kind of feel bad for her. But that being said, the, the look, there was parts of the, I liked parts of the look. Um, very structured, mm-hmm. very elegant gown, but it seemed like heavy to me. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily as flattering as I would like it to be. Uh, all right. So then we see, uh, they come out, you know, they, 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 they have a tense moment and then RuPaul crowns Simone as the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season 13. Taylor Lante Boy, any final thoughts on this episode? It was it, like I said. I enjoyed this one more than last year's. Mm-hmm. I, I know there was extenuating circumstances because of the fact that they couldn't do, uh, they they couldn't all perform together, and there was the whole Sherry Pie thing, which is why there was only three instead of four, and and all of that sort of stuff. But I, I'm you know I'm I'm glad. I, I feel like the right winner won, sort mm-hmm. of thing. One other thing that I noticed this week and last week that is a small thing that only people of my generation would probably under, probably know when they would do the title, the, the artist and the title for the videos, it was the old font that used to be on MTV back in the eighties. Nerd alert. <laughs> I am a font nerd. I love fonts. So that was definitely something that I, I definitely noticed. Oh, I know. Okay, and the title of little Lord Fauntleroy here. <laughs> I pay attention to that. Now, uh, well, I, I, the last thing I wanted to talk about for this season with you, Taylor, uh-huh. was, you know, I kept going, where are the stunts? Where are the stunts? Where are the stunts? Oh, there weren't any stunts. Oh, good. There weren't any stunts. And I was thinking about that. And as much as it was nice to see that there weren't really any big stunts this year, I think it speaks to uh, the big problem that we see in Drag Race is that, like, the slow death of this sh- not i don't think that the show is dying but in it it's funny that in the the very first rendition of the lip sync battle for the crown um Sasha Valour managed to kill the lip sync battle for the crown literally yeah. and destroyed it in such a way that it could never be topped and Asia O'Hara put the final nail in the coffin when the failed butterfly thing happened and i think what that led to was ultimately a huge fear of stunts which is probably Uh ultimately in terms of the competition a good thing but the problem is is now these girls that we saw on season 13 in this finale is they don't stick with the idea of sasha velour with the rose petals instead they remember asia o'hara and the butterflies and they don't want to repeat that and so, it, 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 to me, the the lip syncs on this finale were were uh, representative of the entire season, in that it was stilted by safety. Everything was uh-huh. safe. Everything was overthought. Everything was overwrought. Make sure not one thing goes wrong. Everything has to be in place. And that's pretty to look at, and it works perfectly. But it's boring television, unfortunately. And so, what I think, what I think, Drag Race needs is something to shit. And I don't think Drag Race is dead. I don't think anything like that. But there has to be that element where there are risk takers again on the show. We're not seeing uh-huh. the the risk takers are gone. The Laganjas 
as dramatic as she was, she was a risk taker. You know, people who took risks, they don't exist anymore. Say what you will about them, whether they failed or they succeeded, they took risks. And we're not seeing that anymore. And I think it's made for a boring show. I don't think it has to do with fighting on television. I don't think it has to do anything with that. I think it has to do with taking risks. And this was a season of people who played it entirely safe. And it made for boring television. I don't think this was a bad would, season. I don't think this was. Who would, a, go ahead. Who, who would you say is the last one? Because I, I have a thought on who I think is really the last kind of person to to take chances. Evie took risks, but she took that's, calculated risks. Is that who we're going to say? That's what I was going to say. Evie yeah. was very calculated, but she definitely seemed more risky. Yeah, she, she seemed more. Da- she seemed more dangerous. Yeah, I think than other. And I'm saying that from a drag perspective, yeah. whereas a lot of the other girls were not. It, in a weird kind of way, I almost wonder if season 12 was saved by Sherry Pie. And what I mean is it's very easy to blame the season on Sherry Pie. But it probably would have been a very similar to the season to this. Is We don't know. We really don't know. We don't know what we lost. Uh-huh. But it's a lost season nonetheless. Now, Taylor... This has been, hopefully next season is not nearly as long as this season, but we talked about this at the top of the show. Are you, are you going to miss the, um, the show? I mean, we're going to lose you. Now, by the way, before you say anything, starting, uh, next week, mm-hmm. um, we're continuing. I don't know if it's going to be on the public feed or not, but drag race down under with myself. Lori Roggenkamp and Australian expert Nat. Nat. I don't know what he wants to be. I don't know how he wants to be called, actually. Right now, I just mm-hmm. know him as NatPat90, but I know he has a name, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what name he wants to use. I know he wants to go by Nat on the show, right? The three of mm-hmm. us, Nat, Nat is actually from Australia, Taylor. From an actual Australian. And he's going to be teaching me and Lori Roggenkamp the ins and outs of this season. Okay. Okay. That's coming up starting Excellent. next week. And then we have a, an Australian producer. Shocking. The one who loves to correct me, Nami Harder, <laughs> will be produced. I'll be pre-corrected on the... Exactly. I, the outlines already say, I know you're going to get this wrong. So here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we kind of want in the producer. But I'm going on to... I mean, it doesn't end for me, Taylor, but for you it does. No. Is there, is there, I know you're mostly relieved. You said you're going to get your weekends back. But is there... Uh, a part of you that's sad? Are we going to get to talk as much? No. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. No, you're not. We're not. No, we don't. We 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 tend to talk more during the season. Absolutely, but we talk pretty regularly. We definitely we talked all through the last year. But that was because of the pandemic, and we used to call me on Tuesdays. No, no, we talked all the time, even when there wasn't a pandemic going on. I'll make sure and not call you. But I will tell you what, Taylor. Now I know there's no song parody. I told no song parody. No, like, you know, goodbye, Mr. Chips or something. No, no parody on something. You know, no, no, no. I didn't bring in friends and sing like, oh, Taylor's my friend. Nothing like that, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted you to know that I'm going to miss you. You know, I miss doing a show with you. I'll and, miss you uh, too. Yeah. And, um,. This looks familiar, vaguely familiar, almost unreal yet 
It's too soon to feel yet close to my soul and yet so far away. I'm going to go back there someday. Sun rises, night falls, sometimes the sky calls. Is that a song there? And do I belong there? I've never been there, but I know the way. I'm going to go back there someday. Come and go with me. Fun to share. We'll both be completely at home in midair. We're flying, not walking, on featherless wings. We can hold on to love like invisible strings. There's not a word yet for old friends who've just met. Part heaven, part space, or have I found my place? You can just visit, but I plan to stay. I'm going to go back there someday. I'm going to go back there someday. Well, that's going to do it for this season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Special thank you to Taylor the Latte Boy for sitting in the second chair this season. And Luke Stamen for his work in producing each episode. So, for the final time this season, the final time in 2021, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash drag race.